podcast about product management, user experience design, technology, and more. This is Product by Design. All right, welcome to another episode of Product by Design. I am Kyle, and today we're joined by another guest uh, with us, Karthik Surish. And welcome, Karthik. It is great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. All right. Well, let me do a let me introduce you briefly, and then we'll have you tell us a little bit more about your background. But mm-hmm. Karthik is the co-founder of Ignition, uh, which is the world's first go-to-market platform that allows businesses to manage all stages of a product lifecycle. Which we'll have to talk a little bit more about that because you know go-to-market and product lifecycle is, I think, a fascinating topic. But you have extensive experience building and launching uh, products across consumer enterprise and data, uh, as well as, you know, obviously doing products, building businesses. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about your experience and the things that you have done? Yeah. Um, so just to maybe just to recap um, my, my journey so far, um, I think I started, uh, I started my career as a software engineer, actually. So I have a tech background. Um, and my first job was actually in Wall Street um, in Morgan Stanley, and and then worked for a bunch of high frequency trading firms. Um, this is this is right after the financial crisis. Uh, spent about seven years doing that, and after that went to business school and you know got into tech. And basically, the, the first job out of uh, business school was actually to start a company in alternative lending, but that didn't, that didn't do well, and I exited. Um, then joined another company called Craft, uh, which is a Series B startup right now, and they're an enterprise intelligence software company. I joined them as a second employee, so really early, and I was there till Series A. So basically, built product or operations team there, and saw the whole process of you know finding the product market fit, and that was a great experience. And after that. Um, I was like, okay, I've been in startups for a while. I wanted to see what it is like to build products at large companies. So joined Facebook um, at Facebook, and, and now it's Meta, of course. Um, and at Meta, I was at the Facebook search team when I began. And then later on, I was in the growth team uh, as a growth PM for Facebook Reality Labs. Um, which is obviously like now one of the hottest topics uh, in the market and everything going on in the market right now. And it's how much money Zuck is spending on uh, that division. So that's that's been interesting to see. Um, but while I was at Facebook, I always felt like, you know, the larger companies was never for me. And, you know, I had this entrepreneurial itch. I want to start something on my own again. And, uh, and I met my co-founder, Derek, through OnDeck. And he was running product marketing for Rippling. And we started brainstorming a bunch of ideas and that's how Ignition was born. So the, basically the, the, the idea behind Ignition is um, you know, to create a, to basically give the users a platform to manage all the product launches uh, and all your go-to-market plans in one place. You know, happy to talk about that more. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I, I think we'll definitely have to kind of dive into that because um, that is, so it's a really great topic and, and a fascinating one. But before we do, um, before we kind of dive in and, and talk a little bit more about your experience and your journey, you know, what what are some of the things that you like to do outside of the office or outside of you know product and and product launch and product marketing and all of these other things? Yeah, outside work obviously has changed quite a bit with time. 
um, but for these days, um, I like to travel. I think that hasn't changed. I like to travel a lot. I, you know, I was originally born in um, in Bangalore in India. Spent some time there growing up. Then went to went to college here in the U.S. Then went to business school in in, in Europe, and and then traveled all uh, traveled all around Europe. So like like to travel a bunch. Now I'm in the Bay Area. Uh, then I like like to read a lot of uh, nonfiction books. Just everything, no specific like uh, topic, but everything around um, all the way from philosophy to like you know managing uh, your financials to you know product management, of course. So like to read a lot of nonfiction um and more recently i've been into meditation um trying to um you know um, increase and deepen my meditation practice so yeah those are some of the things which i like to do outside work okay awesome well i'll have some more questions to follow up on that towards the end but let's talk a little bit more about um you know some of your experience and, and some of your journey um, because, you know, you mentioned that you started out in engineering, you've worked at various companies, you know, large and small, uh, founded companies and, and been there from the ground floor. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, some of that experience and some of the things that you've learned along the way, you know, from, you know, from the big to small and from the founding, the engineering to product, you know, what has that journey been like for you? And, and you know what have you learned kind of moving from these different companies and different roles as you've gone yeah um yeah that's um it's been a fascinating journey so far um i feel uh, lucky to have experienced the various kind of you know careers and also spending time both at wall street and and the silicon valley uh, of course now everything is in the cloud so it doesn't really <laughs> matter but uh uh, at least uh, early stage of my career, um, one of the things which attracted to me towards financial services was just the sheer pace of work and ambition and drive and the hustle mentality. So I just love the energy in New York where everyone is trying to make it and uh, everyone is driven, ambitious, working hard. And it's such a high energy environment and they like to play hard as well. So I was really driven to that and, and towards the trading side because there's a bunch of, you know, there's also like adrenaline rush towards, you know, when you, especially when you're younger and you kind of seek that every day uh, or at least every every once in a while. I did have my fair share of that. Uh, I was involved. So this company, uh, Night Cattle Group, uh, which I worked for, they had, I think, one of the largest trading losses ever in the history of Wall Street. Um, I think they lost like 400 million in 30 minutes, and I was while I was working there, part of that team, um, and you know that, and I was just like two years out of college or something like that. So just ha- getting exposure to um, events like that, both good and bad, and there's times, of course, when they made a lot of money too. So just getting exposure was very interesting. But after working there for a few years, I just realized like there was no, I, I didn't feel like a purpose. Uh, I didn't feel like a mission. Uh, and I wasn't passionate because it was all about taking money and making more money um, versus like building sub- something tangible and substantial for people. Um, and that always bothered me a lot. Um, and so, which is why I moved to tech. Um, the other funny thing is like a lot of the people, when they get their engineering degrees, they work for the Valley, when they go to the business school, 
they work for you know financial services or consulting firms. But I think I did the other way around. <laughs> it's like I got my engineering degree, worked for financial services, and got my business school degree and, and worked in tech. So that was also an uh, interesting choice. Um, but I mean, at the at the end of the day, it was all about for me making an impact, building substantial, and you know making sure I don't have any regrets. So which which got me to move to tech, and. And when I moved to tech, it was always about like, I was always into startups, always about innovation, always about building something new. Um, and uh, I didn't know where to start at the very beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And which is why I, know the, I think the way my very first startup actually did not do well. And I think it's more of a playground. Um, but I got, a, I got to learn a lot uh, during that experience. Uh, every, everything around, you know, what now is like a pretty much template, you know, you understand your user, understand the market, make sure the market is big enough, um, you know, and so, you know, once you, you know, build an MVP, test like all those, uh, the frameworks about getting a product built and you know, getting it to the market um, was something I learned, even though the, the first company did not do well or I exited. Uh, and then I could like, apply a lot of that at Craft, at where I was a very early employee there, uh, like literally the second employee. So, um, was building, uh, we had to pivot, uh, like a soft pivot a couple of times. And finally we found product market fit. And um, that was a great experience to begin with. Um, and then at large companies like Facebook, um, what I really learned or saw was how to build at scale. It's a completely different challenge. Like you deploy a feature and suddenly you have like 10 million users using that the very next day. So that's very different. Uh, in terms of thinking and you know the usage and just the way you think about building the product, um, so that's something which I really appreciated and learned during my Facebook days. But now again, back to ignition, where I'm reading, I'm trying to uh, redo the playbook of uh, building uh, a new product and getting into the market. So yeah, it's been quite an exciting journey so far. I think one of the one of the main things is all about like being being open to experimentation, being open to taking risks. Uh, and then following your heart. Yeah, um, I think that's really good. And I, I want to touch on that for just a second, because I probably followed a kind of a similar path um, in some ways, you know, starting out actually in in banking and financial that's service right. and then finding you know my way more and more into the technology side and and into product and and having, you know, some similar feelings and thoughts around it as as it sounds like you did where really trying to find that that purpose and the passion behind it um where you know sometimes that can be more difficult um at least it was for me you know working in finance you know there's probably lots of people who who find that to be like a very fulfilling thing but others who don't um you know talk talk to us a little bit about the importance of like finding passion and finding fulfillment in what you're doing and and how you've kind of approach that through what, uh, you know, through some of the, both the career choices and the products you've built and the companies that you've, you've worked for and founded, how have you approached that? And, and how has it kind of helped guide some of the choices that you've made? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I think when you, when you're starting off, at least I felt like I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, it was almost like that's the first job I got on campus and I took it <laughs> versus like me, you know, deliberately trying to figure out, okay, I like go after something because I, I specifically did not know that, okay, this is what I wanted to do. And for me, um, I think right now I've reached a stage in my life where 
it's not just about doing something for money or you know doing something just to you know keep the lights on versus it's actually versus something more fulfilling and something which which basically um really helps me feel like i'm living like a really purposeful life and uh, also being very helpful and useful to others in the society and the world and and that change occurred when i was like working in in financial services and wanted to go to tech uh, again as you said like i'm sure like <clears throat> even some of my best friends are in financial services and they 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 feel fulfilled working in finance um which is good for them but for me i felt like that's not the place for me um to be and and even even after i moved to tech it still has been a journey so even in tech tech is still a very broad industry there's like you do everything from fintech to consumer to enterprise to you know um now it's crypto and web3 so there's so many opportunities but for me it was always about building something which people can actually use either daily or weekly and add value to their life like that was my core uh, objective when i try to like go find things what i want to work on or work for so it's not just about um you know okay i run a fund i take your money i give you a 10% or 20% return at the end of the year it's more about okay i build this cool product app anything that you are using it you're showing it to your friends and family and um and and then it's like i'm providing that service to you um and the society in general and that's what always motivated me and these days and that's almost essential for me to even get up in the morning um and and just get to work um because if it's if it's something which does not really appeal to me um or i'm not excited or motivated motivated by it it's hard for me to even just work on it just for the sake of um you know i'm obviously i'm, I'm lucky to be in that position uh, uh you know it's it's also a privilege uh, to be in that position i understand that <laughs> um because it's not a choice for you know everyone gets so i'm happy and lucky but now that i have that privilege i want to make sure i'm, I'm focusing my energy and my will and the the mission and purpose which i believe in yeah i think that's that that's great and it's it kind of is a is something that i've been thinking a lot about too because you know kind of like you mentioned probably early on you don't have uh, early on in a career you know there there might not be quite as much of that ability to to say you know I'm I'm only ever going to work on the things that I'm passionate about and 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 love um but then kind of as as you move forward like building on that and you know narrowing your focus to it's not just about gaining experience or or making money like you said but it's really like find like building up and narrowing in on you know the things that uh are valuable that you can make money at that you're passionate about that you love doing and really like focusing energy on that because um that's something that I think a lot about now too is you know as as I um have done more and more things like I find I do my very best work and I'm the most excited as I work on things that not only are valuable to like customers and and users but are also things that I love and am passionate about and want to like use myself and show off to people and and so like really finding those things that are like yes these are the products that I love and I want to be a part of and I want to make better for other people and and also because you know I I just find them really exciting and so um I think that that is yeah. those are the kind of things that especially 
as you, as you kind of move and progress along in your career, whether you're you know, building a company or, or you're building a product career, um, it becomes very valuable and, and much more exciting to like be focusing in on those things. So I, I think that that's a, it's a really interesting thing that you've brought up and, and talked yeah. about. Is this Japanese framework of uh, Ikigai? I think, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right by that. Yeah, just finding those, you know, all, all the, the the balance between so many different things you want to do and also this, uh, the needs, the Maslow's needs where you actually go towards the yeah. self-actualization. So, and, and product, Development is no different, and that's kind of where <laughs> um, it's be different for others. But for me, yeah, it's been it's been getting to uh, actually build products in tech, and that's where I think I found it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. So I, I want to kind of touch on, well, pull on I guess a couple different threads, and and you know we can pull on the the thread of you know what you're working on now because I think that that's that's a really interesting one, um, especially as it's kind of at at the peak of of where where you have been and, and what you're focused on, um, which is ignition. And it is, you know, the, the, uh, the company that, uh, you've obviously been focused on and have been building up and, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, you know, what, what you're doing, what, what problems you're solving and what kind of brought you to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I mentioned, so Ignition is a, it's a SaaS platform to help you manage you know, all your product launches and marketing plans. Uh, what I found uh, during, you know, during my work experience at startups and Facebook, so whether it's a small company or a large companies, there are so many tools and processes and frameworks to help you like build products, interface with engineers. Um, so there's like a lot of task management tools, project management tools, product road mapping tools out there. But there's nothing really dedicated to helping you launch a product. Like what happens when you ship a product to production? So what happens next? How do you actually take a product to the market? Because I think that's one of the most underinvested areas right now uh, in, in, in most tech companies in general. Um, because once you build a product, then you still have to figure out, okay, who is your target audience? Uh, you need to do market research. You need to figure out how do you position your product with respect to your competitors? And then how do you message uh, the value prop of your product so that the use, end users actually get it? And then how do you find channels uh, to market your products so that it actually reaches those target audience? So where, do your, where does your target audience like usually hang out? How do you reach them? Um, and then once you have this plan and how do you execute it, get all the approvals, make sure you educate your salespeople, your customer support people, make sure everyone's on the same page. It's a huge process. And most of the times, it's very fragmented and underinvested in companies. Um, in fact, uh, I would say a lot of the startups sometimes even fail because they invest a ton in product development, but not in product distribution and you know, basically the product marketing side of things. So that's where the idea of ignition came from. Uh, it's like you know, you have all these tools. Um, you know, on the road mapping tools, you have you know, Aha Product Board. Uh, Roadmark and you know obviously in project management you have Asana, Monday and like uh, probably like hundreds of tools in that space. But there's nothing really dedicated specifically for go to market and product launches, and that's what is ignition is about. The one the the one thing I would add is like when I was sitting at Facebook, we were launching one of the you know the Facebook Reality Labs devices, and it was the 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 launch plan was a spreadsheet which had like a hundred tabs. 
and nobody knew where to find anything like not even like the latest logo so the way they solved it was a bunch of program managers jumping on a war room and getting like 100 people on a call and just reading out from a checklist saying hey did you do that did you do this where are we with that where do you find that where do you find this and it was a nightmare i mean the launch did well but i was like there has to be a better way to do this and that's again another inspiration for ignition this is, it's so interesting to me because um, I've, I've been through this exact same thing. Like when we talk about um, go to market and, and product marketing, product marketing and launches, like you're talking about like a scenario that I'm super familiar with, like this very fragmented process, especially at early stage companies. Like that is, you're describing like the process of like, Hey, we're, we're just going to kind of figure it out. Like, well, We'll launch it and like, hey, are you know who's doing this part and who's doing that? And it's like a very, very kind of ad hoc type thing. But as you as you get to larger companies, you think that they'll have this figured out. But I was having this conversation, not specifically about uh, go to market, but about another topic very recently with with somebody else about another um you know very very large company who said the exact same thing is like you would think that they would have this figured out but they they don't and and it's kind of a one of those things where you you have this problem and it's pretty pervasive like from large companies to small companies and we all kind of get used to these types of things whether it's like go to market is just it's it's kind of a, a mess or other types of things and we just, we kind of deal with it because that's the way it's always been. And there's not, you know, we have our, our checklist, or we have our document or our spreadsheet or whatever it is. Um, but it's, there has got to be a better way. And, and that's, I find it super fascinating that um, we're, we're finally starting to get some of these really good tools and good things that will actually make these processes like better and sustainable in a way that really hasn't been before because the way you're describing it is the way that I think I've always probably done it. And probably most of the people listening have always done go to market is kind of an ad hoc, like we'll coordinate product and marketing and product marketing. If there is product marketing and, and sales and whoever else is involved, we'll kind of all get together and do this, but that is not a very efficient way of doing it. So, um, well, I guess your thoughts on on all of that. It's 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 one of those things where I think the, the other the other thing I actually the other trend is like I think just product marketing as a function is something which is new and growing. Like ten years ago, there were no road mapping tools. You know, engineers were PMs, right? The engineers were product managers, and they're the ones who manage the entire product, uh, the function. But now you have dedicated PMs in pretty much every company, and PMs is like something which is very well known. You literally hire for a PM. Um, you know, even in early stage companies, uh, which is not true before. So, but now I think PMMs are like PMs where product marketers are, it's, it's a growing function and people realize the value of this because they realize, okay, uh, it's no longer a, an option just to like, you know, ship the product and hope the users will somehow magically land and start using your product. Uh, you, you need, really need to invest in your go to market. So um, I think even, even just that function as a, the product marketer function taking off is just another example of why this is a, such an important process to invest in. Um, so at the same time, I think there's like PMs in, in some early stage companies where there are no PMMs and PMs don't do it themselves. Um, 
which is also, I mean, I was, I was a PM before. And to be honest, I was not very thorough about this process myself, <laughs> even though I'm building a product for it. But now I realize, okay, there was actual need. In fact, some of the things, we probably left a lot of money on the table, to be honest, by not investing in this process. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the case for, for all of us is that it, it becomes an afterthought. You know, once, once we get the product done and ready to go, that, you know, just getting it out the door is like, let's just get it out there and however it gets out, it we're fine with, but let's just ship it. And, and that's kind of where we're, we're satisfied. And that's really not the best way to do it. Like if we can put a good process around go to our go-to-market strategy and really be thought as thoughtful with that as we are around our product discovery and our product development process, then we can have a much better like cycle of you know of creating a product, getting you know, getting it to market, getting the feedback, and then you know continually making it better and getting it in the hands of the right people at the right time as opposed to more of the ad hoc ways of doing it, which again, I think we're so many of us are probably familiar with because it's, it's such a pervasive problem. Like you've said. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd love, love for you to try out ignition at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to, like, this is, it's one of those things that I just, I keep thinking through like the, the way that I've done it, it pretty much in most places in the past and the way that we're, like we're doing it right now is um, one of those things that it just, it stands for so much improvement that um, we're going to have to definitely take a closer look. I'm going to have to take a closer look after we're done talking. Um, but, but with that, uh, I, I'm interested in, you know, kind of what you've seen as you've both worked at and have been, you know, working with both small companies and large companies. Like, is there a difference in, the you know kind of the go-to-market strategy and and process um in in startups uh, at in startups versus large companies I, I know obviously like there's probably some maturity level differences but um you know what have been some of the big things that you've seen between between those two yeah for sure uh, i can just yeah just talk about like product product management and just building products and and and, and go to market in general so there's actually quite a bit of a difference, um, you know, working as a as a PM in a startup uh, because uh, that I mean I basically work for a PM at Kraft and a PM at Facebook, so I just want to use those two as examples. Um, I think like a lot of the times people think, hey, I'm 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 you know I've been a veteran at Google for ten years uh, and I'm going to go, you know, be successful at a startup, and it's not really. Um, it's probably the other way around is more easier where you've been a PM at early stage startup, then probably you can be more successful at Google. Um, but either way, I think both are very, very different. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the fundamentals are still the same. You know, you listen to the users and, you know, listen to the feedback, identify the right problems and prioritize, right? The fundamentals are the same, but the day-to-day the -day activities are so different in a startup as a big company. In a, in a, in a, in a early stage startup or even like a growing startup, um, as a PM, you're 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 really like doing so many things at once, uh, taking on responsibility right from talking to the user, um, you know, writing SQL queries to pull the data yourself. Um, you're trying basically you're hustling with and trying to make it work with very limited amount of resources. And one of the 
and then you know again same time you're talking to engineers writing the product spec coming up the roadmap presenting it to the c ceo yeah, yeah i think probably directly to the cc level and you're pretty much doing all of these on your own um and it's a different skill set versus in a large company you have a lot of help you you have probably a dedicated user researcher you have a dedicated uh, data scientist who's uh, doing the analysis for you and you have maybe sometimes if it's a larger project you have a dedicated program manager who is um you know taking care of the project management and your job then becomes mainly about uh, stakeholder um managing stakeholders and stakeholder alignment it's literally like making sure like all stakeholders are up to date on what's going on in your team unblocking your engineers if your engineers have a dependency on another team roadmap you go talk to that pm that team's pm to help uh, you know unblock your engineers and then go present to execs about uh, you know what's coming in uh, in the next quarter and next next year and so on and planning and setting the kpis um so a lot of 80% are all surprised like uh even though i was a pm at facebook i think about 70 to 80% of my time was in meetings yeah. uh in the stakeholder alignment and but in early stage startup it's like you 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 spend a lot of time like you know, actually like building like doing the work everything from speaking to customers to pulling the data to you know, building the roadmap so yeah i think there are the very different skill sets and um uh, the one thing i would say so what i what, what i learned at early stage companies is uh you know being able to hustle being able to multitask being able to like figure out how to get stuff done even if you don't have the resources like hey i don't have a designer to work on my website just go find one in upwork and get it done i don't care right <laughs> um that's a very different attitude versus like in large companies it's all about communication like how do you communicate to the take the same message communicate so that the execs get it the marketing teams get it the sales people get it the engineers get it the product marketers get it of course um so how do you take the it's like being really good at communicating really good being good at unblocking really good at prioritization so those are the things which are very important at large companies yeah yeah no that i think that's exactly right and um that's been a lot of my experience too uh working across you know some some larger uh companies and then you know obviously working at at some smaller companies as well i'm interested in in you know what some of the things uh you've learned especially from in founding um companies and you know starting you mentioned you know starting a company and then obviously moving on being employee number 2 at another and 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 where you're working now um what have been some of the the key things that you've learned through that process and has there been anything that you wish you knew you know when in that first one that you know now Yeah that's you know um one of the things is like i think the founders and starting companies has been glamorized <laughs> uh for the wrong reasons uh i just want to be honest it's not <laughs> it's a it's a really long marathon and it's a real it's a it's, a, it's most of the times there are very few companies who just find product market fit in like month 1 or month 2 but like 95% of the time it's a it's a long struggle um and it just that wish somebody i wish somebody had told me that it just takes time it just takes a long time to you know figure out your product figure out your customers figure out your business model figure out your go to market figure out you know is this the right product or you need to pivot like um just generating the first million dollars uh, in revenue or even just first 100k in revenue 
uh, it could take anywhere from you know, two to three years or even more sometimes. Um, and that's that's the part which is missing in all the narratives <laughs> because uh, you only see when the funders have made it and they're like, oh yeah, you know, you made a great exit and you made millions of dollars, but like, you know, the journey is not easy. And, and also to add to that, I think like seven or eight out of the 10 startups fail. Okay. So most of them don't even make it to those 100K mark. They probably fizzle out. Uh, you know, you probably spent two years, you're burnt out and the startup is dead in a lot of the cases. So yeah, I think that that's one of the things. You know, it's just like how hard it is um, uh, to actually uh, build a company from scratch uh, and then get it going. And uh, that's one of the things uh, which uh, you know I've just seen and learned. Um, so it's basically the people who succeed are people who can be patient and persevere. Like you just have to keep grinding and keep grinding till you uh, you know get to the product market fit. Yeah. So that that's I would say the number one thing, just like how long it takes. Um, and the second thing is, I think is like, you know, this is obvious, it's, but it's all, it's all about the team. So you need to be very, very deliberate in hiring the first five to 10 people uh, in your company. They, they set the tone of everything from culture to the, you know, the foundation and the values. Um, so it's really important. Uh, it's almost like hiring is even more important than getting the right persona or product in place, because if you have the right team in place, you will figure it out. Um, so the second thing is like, it's so much more important to make sure you hire the right person. Uh, at least the first five to 10 people, you have the right people and you have the right leadership team in place early on, uh, to help you get through this long, you know, struggle. Um, and then the final thing I would say is, uh, I think there's a common graph, which you see in, in the internet It's like the first one or two years is a drunken walk. It's lots of ups and downs, lots of highs and lows, lots of emotions. So yeah, just like the one day you feel like you're on top of the world, the other day you're like, what the hell am I doing with my life? So you need to, you need to be able to like withstand that ups and downs and the emotional like roller coaster um, before things stabilize. Yeah, I think that, that's really good. As far as the, the product market fit goes, you know, as you've gone through a few of these, how... How have you come to that realization? Like when it's finally starting to click, like you know, we, we've achieved, we're we've achieved, or, or we're starting to really get product market fit right. For me, it's always been about user retention. So it's always been about you know, are, are the users whether they are paying for it or not? It's more about are they using it on a daily, weekly basis? So you do like. Let's say for SaaS products, like a like you know, three month retention, like a ninety day retention, and see like are they still using it? Are they using it daily or weekly? Are they using it as intended? And what features are they using it? And because if you can if you can show that the retention is high, for me that's that's a really good signal for product market fit because then you can start scaling your user acquisition. Um, and then um, because in fact. On the flip side, one of the biggest product mistakes people make is trying to scale before they have product market fit. Yeah. It's like even before they have good retention, people like prematurely try to put money in ads and like try to like do a product hunt launch and get a lot of people onboarded, but it's a leaky bucket. All of these people are going to churn and you're just wasting a bunch of time and money by not investing in the retention. So I would say that for the number one thing to do is um, you know, when you onboard your first pilot set of users or your first champions is like, how are they using it? And iterate, iterate, iterate till they're like, 
you know they are they are they, they say that they're going to be very disappointed you know if you take away the product from them and um that's one thing and once you have that then then the next one to figure out is like okay now can you acquire such users on on like on a scale like it shouldn't be like these are like some very 10 niche users but there's not a lot of t- such users in the world because still even that that's not a good market fit so once you have really good retention is the number one thing and once you have retention then can you uh, systematically um, basically acquire s- similar users to your platform that's great yeah that makes a lot of sense um, awesome. Well, for for those looking to get into either product management or engineering or even to start their own company, like what would be the advice that that you would give to them, especially just starting out early on? Yeah, I would say take risk. Uh, that's number one advice. Don't don't be in your comfort zone. Be willing to explore. Uh, even though that, even though it's something new, like don't always try to get a job at Google. Um, it's more about being able to explore. You know, maybe you find your fit in Web three. Maybe you you're really passionate about fintech. Maybe you're you know passionate in financial services. Like it just really depends. It's being being open to change. Uh, don't worry about uh, not being uh, no not worrying about job security, especially early on um, when you have some time in your life. Um, that's something I, again, I wished uh, I'd done more is like, I wished I had, you know, now I have a lot of responsibilities, I have a family, um, but before I had none of those responsibilities. So wish I'd taken more risk, you know, change jobs, do side projects, build some apps on your own, build some side hustles, you know, go network, talk to different people. Um, yeah, take risk. I think that that's such good advice. And I, I absolutely love it. I, I feel the same way that early on, that's that's some of the best advice that I wish I would have gotten too. Is that you don't need to play it so safe, especially early on. That you can take a lot more risks and uh, explore a lot more, and that will give you a good base, especially as you grow into a lot of different things. So um, exactly. I think that's that's really good. Um, you know, you touched on a, a number of different areas and and technologies there, but are there anything that you see like exciting as far as technology or, or new things coming up in the future that kind of have you interested or excited? Yeah. The, the two things I'm uh, very excited about, and so in fact, even trying to see how we can uh, adopt those technologies with an equation. One is uh, um, AI and specifically the generative AI uh, component, which is the GPT-3. And um, I think I, I find it fascinating um, where for the first time uh, I see like, AI at least trying to do creative work. The argument has always been like, look, there maybe the AI and machine learning can automate a lot of the mechanical work which humans do, but they can't necessarily replicate creative work. Um, but again, GPT-3, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's fascinating to see the evolution of that. Um, and I want to follow that and see even how we can adopt that in ignition. Um, the second is Web three. Uh, I mean, Web three is. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really believe in like the Web three, but like the whole decentralization um, is it basically allowing uh, any kind of uh, an app, whether it's financial services, whether it's social networks, to be decentralized and given power back to the users versus having a centralized corporation running it. 
I think that's super exciting as well. So I think those are the two areas I'm you know, really excited about. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think those are two fascinating areas as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to much more to come in both of those. This has been, has been a really, really awesome conversation. I have a couple more questions like as we wrap up, but before we do, um, is there, is there anything else that you wanted to kind of add to anything that we talked about or didn't get a chance to talk about? No, it is a great conversation. Yeah. I think we covered a lot of points. Uh, yeah, I think they'll just say, you know, the audience, you know, give uh, Ignition a spin. Uh, the website is haveignition.com. And, you know, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Always open to a chat uh, on pretty much any topic. Awesome. Well, we'll put those links in the show notes uh, to Ignition uh, to connect with you. Anywhere else that people can find out more about uh, about you or, or anything that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, basically, the I think the best way is the website and uh, uh, my LinkedIn and Twitter uh, handles. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely put those in the show notes as well. Um, okay. Well, you, you mentioned at the very beginning uh, that uh, you are an avid reader uh, across um, nonfiction and uh, across pretty much anything nonfiction. So I'm interested in anything that you have, have read recently that you want to share or anything you've read in the in the distant past that you'd like to recommend. Yeah, I'd like to uh, talk about, uh, or maybe recommend two books. One more recent, I read this book called Built by Tony Fidel, and that's that's definitely uh, a must read because it, it touches on both the startup side, the corporate side, and everything on recruiting, fundraising, everything you can think of about building companies. So I found that book really good. Um, then a way a while ago, I read read a couple of books by Nassim Taleb called "The Fool by Randomness," and then subsequent book was called "Black Span." And especially as we go through these market conditions right now, it's good to like uh, take those books, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I kind of dusted them off and just try to read them again, just to give a perspective of how the markets work. So, yeah, those are some of the books I recommend. Okay. Yeah. We'll put some links in the show notes. I, I highly recommend those as well. Um, I think Taleb's books are, are great and, and probably always super relevant. It's been a while since I've read them as, so they're probably worth like revisiting. Um, but all of them in his, I think he calls them the Incerto collection. So he's got like yeah. four or five and, and those are really good. And I'll give a shout out to build as well by Tony Fidel. He, um, like you mentioned, um, started at a startup and then went uh, to Apple and then Nest. And it's just a great book about his journey and, and everything. So definitely worth it. Awesome. Well, we also do any, I don't know if you have any shout outs to any products that you've been using or have been using and, and have liked or disliked recently as well. Yeah, I've been, I've been dabbling a lot in um, the Web3 apps, to be honest, recently. Um, everything from DeFi to NFTs. And I think one of the things I'm most excited about is uh, gaming, uh, use, use of NFTs within gaming. So imagine you have an NFT, which is like a character, and then you can use that within a game and you can get coins by doing missions and, you know, whether it's a, it's a car race or it's a fight or whatever, or it's a strategy game. Uh, I think the, I think that's really fascinating. So, you know, I was just looking at Aurori the other day and a couple of other games which are upcoming, um, Dog Stars. And 
uh, I think the combination of um, you know blockchain, NFTs, DeFi, and gaming. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to innovation in that space. Yeah, yeah, to- totally agree. I think it's there's so much innovation and things that are to come. Uh, it's going to be super exciting to see. Okay. Well, Karthik, it has been a great, an absolutely great conversation. Um, I appreciate talking to you and all of the insight that you had. Um, I, I, I think this is going to be another, another really, really good one that um, has tons of of great stuff for everybody. So appreciate it thanks again for all of your insight and discussion and uh thank you everybody for listening yeah thanks guys thanks again for listening if you like the show be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app you can follow the show on twitter at prod by design that's prod underscore by underscore design you can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter as well. If you want more product conversation, check out my newsletter, Product Thinking, at productthinking.cc. You can follow me on Medium at Kyle Larry Evans as well, or check out my Medium publication, uh, Product by Design. Thanks again. 